Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Good to see you this morning. My name's Eric, one of the pastors here. So grateful that you're here uh, worshiping this morning with us. Hey, if you're new, thank you for coming. Uh, we just love having you here, especially as we're going into the holiday seasons of Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we have a lot of great things lined up this morning, a very special service. We have some people going through Believer's Baptism and uh, just excited for that to be able to celebrate what God has done to transform people's lives. And so we'll be seeing more of that. One of the things we wanted to do was to honor our veterans, those who've served in the past, those who are currently serving. So would you do me a favor? And I know this is going to be a little bit of a stretch, but we would really love to recognize you. We got to do that at yesterday's men's breakfast for a bit of a time, and it was really special. But if you have served, would you just come 
down here to the front. I know I'm asking a lot, um, and I'll stand here with you, uh, but if you have served in the past or you're currently serving, would you just identify that by just coming down here? We would love to just thank you for that and pray over you, and uh, that would be great. Thanks, Tom, for coming down. Thank you so much. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Sean. So grateful for these guys and gals. If there's any ladies who have served in... Uh, or are currently serving. Fantastic. All right, well, would we just give a round of applause for their service? This is Veterans Weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Let's just, just say a prayer for them, and then we'll continue worshiping. Father God, thank you so much that we can be able to recognize those who have uh, just gone in service of our country, Father, and the branches of military in our country to give us the kinds of freedoms that we get to express right now. And Lord, we're thankful, Lord, that ultimately uh, the service that they have been able to serve really comes uh, from the Father who served us best with the salvation that comes in Christ alone. And so we thank you for this worship service. We pray that it makes much of your name, that you would just be honored and glorified, and that we would just be blessed because we came. And we ask all this in the good name of Jesus. And your church said, amen. Amen. Thanks, fellas. Man, continue to sing with us as we sing some great old hymns this month. To God be the glory. Sing along.
thank you all. You may be seated this morning as we prepare for baptism. Morning, church. One of the uh, great pleasures that the church is able to celebrate is a day like today when we get to baptize. This is Catherine. Catherine, good to see you this morning. Hey, Kelly, why don't we move that pulpit right there out of the way? This is mom and dad, Jennifer and Trent, and brother Reed over here to my right. Uh, it's been, what, about a year or so ago when I got to baptize Reed, and little sister was watching then, and, and it's just, uh, as she's been being trained at home and here at church, she's just been, hey, I want to become a believer also. And it's always cool for me to get a chance after other people, people been investing her life through life groups and through our children's director and, and, and people that have been volunteering to, to try to teach our kids the ways of the Lord. And, and it's just a natural thing, I believe, at some point in time that they just have this curiosity that they have to get satisfied of becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. And then I get a chance, often, to just spend some time talking with them. And what a pleasure it was, Catherine. You, you keep on, you're going to start swimming there in a second. I mean, you're almost floating now. But I sat down in Catherine and her testimony for how, how old are you? Seven? Six? Six. Six years old. A six-year-old that knew exactly what it was to become a believer in Jesus Christ. So we get to celebrate that with you today, okay? I want you to grab my hand there and grab this one because you're so big, I might have a hard time pulling you back up, you know? Catherine, upon your profession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in obedience to His command, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Congratulations, guys. There's a couple more that's coming. Here they are. Come on up here. This is Alex Hearn. You think he's excited? <laughs> what are you so excited about, Alex? Getting baptized. Getting baptized. And likewise, I, I tell you, it's a joy in today's time for children. And, and it's a privilege that they're able to grow up in a Christian home. And for parents who are teaching them the ways of the Lord 
It, it makes the job at church a lot easier, but it also makes a difference in their lives. And today, it's a privilege for me to baptize brother and sister. And I've baptized brothers, older brothers before. And this is um, Keegan and Sandy. You see Sandy up here as part of the worship team. Keegan's one of our deacons. And this family, they're, they're, they're doing a great job of bringing their kids up in the Lord. And, and so, again, it's just a natural thing for them to have that curiosity. And I got a chance to sit down with Alex and listen to his story. I mean, you're such a sinner also, right? But you are, and we talked about that. And you know what? You're a saved sinner now. What Jesus has done in your heart, forgiven you of your sins. So it's my privilege, Alex, to baptize you upon your profession of faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in obedience to his command. I baptize you now in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on up here, Addie. big sister Addie again I had a chance to talk with her and just to listen to what she had to say and, and I tell you the Bible says that believing is as simple as what a child's belief is and to have faith and to listen to their stories it really just becomes that simple I'm a sinner and only Jesus can save me and that's what Addie says, right? Addie, congratulations on accepting Christ as your Savior and your Lord. And upon your profession of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in obedience to his command, I baptize you now. You know what? You're my little sister in the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. His name is wonderful, yes, His name is wonderful, His name is wonderful, Jesus my Lord, and He is the mighty King, He's the Master.
God maybe has never said yes to you ever in their life. That God, today would be their day of surrender. God, it's not surrender like we have come to think about in a battle that you surrender and you lose. But God, this is a surrender to victory. So Lord, today as we lean into your word, God, speak to our hearts. God, I love that your word says that it's like a two-edged sword piercing the asunder of our hearts, God. You know where we need to be encouraged and be spoken to today. Speak to us. Lord, when you do, let us be obedient to action here today and say yes to you. We love you in your precious son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to start out my sermon differently today than what I normally do is the children are going to children's church. You may go now. But I ask Lisa to keep playing just for a moment. Yesterday I was planning on preaching a different sermon. And what I'm going to preach this morning, I had been planning on this one for a little while. And as I was leaving the men's breakfast, I was just thinking about all of the people that I know right now. And I get emotional thinking about this. There are a lot of people who are going through a lot. I look out and I see people within our congregation that are dealing with issues, maybe personal issues, or they're concerned about family members. Just a lot of turmoil that's happening in our society and the world. There's not much we can do about that really on a personal level except pray and say, God, speak into that. But yet on a personal level of people that we know, there is something awesome, powerful that we can do. Whether it's us that's experiencing something right now or if there's someone that you know, that just needs a touch from God. I'm going to invite you to come join me in this altar. Don't worry about, hey, if I go down there, what are people going to think? They're not going to think anything because quite honestly, I'd almost be willing to bet 65, 70, 80% of the people that are here today are dealing with stuff. Something that needs to be prayed for. So right now, if, you're, if you fit into that, I'm going to invite you to just come. And we won't be long. Just come and gather here in this altar. And let's have a prayer. Feel free to kneel or stand or sit. 
Obviously, Heavenly Father, there's a heaviness among your people. I do not pretend to know what's in the minds of each of these people, but certainly you're a God who does and can, and you know what they have risen from their seat to come here in this place and spend a few minutes bringing it before you. And you're a God who's able to do powerful things in people's lives, radically change as you speak into situations. So Father, as you look down from your place in glory, as Jesus is there on our behalf and he's pleading our cases before you, see into our hearts. Hurt, pain, concern, Maybe there's family members who are lost, yet to ask Jesus to come into their heart like and be baptized like our three kids did today. Whatever it is, Father, would you just right now speak into those situations, and I pray, Father, that you would do a miracle in the lives of people that we brought before you in our minds, in our thoughts, in our actions. And then, Father, I pray that you would give us peace as we bring it before you, that we would have that confident hope that is found in Jesus Christ, that he's able to do far more than we could ever imagine And we would see miracles happen. Bless us, Father, during this time of listening to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. The church said, Amen. Thank you. It's obvious that everybody has issues. Something that burdens them at some point in time or another, and if you don't right now, just give it some time, because it will come up. Could be personal, could be regarding other people as we just prayed about does not matter what your height is or your weight, social status you have, or even what your last name is, everybody has some issues. Can you say amen to that? And some of our issues are similar, and some are very much unrelated, but we have them. 
And no one's issue is any less or more important than anyone else's. Sometimes I think we think, well, it might be too small to bring it before God. We talked about that in our prayer time on Wednesday. But whatever the issue is, whether it's small or is it great, God wants to know about it. Though we have or put different degrees on issues, if we have a problem, God's concerned and he wants to speak into it. Though we're all made in the image of God, we still share differences and how one person handles some issues or maybe similar issues is different from the way other people handle them. And as I have gotten older and maybe might say more mature in my faith, or maybe just more conscious of other people, or maybe it's because I'm in the pastorate and I hear and see it more because I'm invited into people's lives differently than before. I'm amazed at the number of people that I run into that are carrying burdens that I didn't know about. Dark issues, secret issues, very private issues that people don't talk about. Maybe they're embarrassed to share. I understand that. I get it. Today I want to talk about a woman who had an issue. And this issue had caused much consternation in her life. And yet there's a happy ending to the story. And there also can be happy endings to our stories, our issues, our burdens... And it may not necessarily come out the way we want it to, what we just prayed for. Maybe we're praying that God would do some miraculous intervention in someone's life, and that's what we're hoping for. That's what we're praying for. And God might have, it may end up a different situation to where a person's not obedient and doing what we're praying for, but nonetheless, don't stop praying. God may do it in his timing and soften their heart eventually or ours. If you want to turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 5, we're going to read about this woman. I'm going to read some scripture, then I'm going to interrupt it and talk and as we go through the story. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake, and then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and lived. So Jesus went with him. And the scripture says, as he was going, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. You can 
picture this in your mind, can you not? The title of my sermon is Just a Touch. Just a Touch. And I'm really not going to focus on Jairus, even though this and his healing of his daughter, even though that's where the story begins, this ruler of the synagogue, he puts aside his religious place, title, and what others believed about Jesus. He says, hey, I've got a situation. Would you come heal my daughter? And on the way to the house, he gets interrupted by a sick woman. We'll read about in just a moment. This sick woman, she's just like appears. It's an inconvenience. To Jairus, he's already been there pleading. You think about how much pride he had to set aside to go and kneel before Jesus, who really that wouldn't have happened to a synagogue leader. But yet he goes to him, and he, he does what he has to do in order for his daughter to be made well, and all of a sudden this other woman starts coming up interrupting what he's wanting. Why, Jesus, are you detouring here from what I think is important? It becomes an inconvenience for this man by the name of Jairus. This is important in my life, and yet you're, you're interrupting, this woman's interrupting what I need right now, maybe. Maybe you've been there where Jairus is on this day and someone's sick, a loved one maybe, or there's a great need that exists in your life or someone else's life, and you know that God needs to intervene in their life. And maybe it's not as a person, another person comes, but it's like this interruption that takes place that would be in the sense of, why, God, aren't you doing something about this? You're doing it for other people, and I've heard about it, and I see it, but why aren't you acting for me? Jesus stops, and we'll read about that in a moment. Because now there's this distraction, this woman... Put yourself again in Jairus' situation here. I need you now. Come and act right now. And when, if we ever start thinking like that, let me tell you what we're doing. We're ever looking around and say, God, why aren't you acting in this situation right now? You're doing it for others. Do it for me. Immediately, we begin limiting God. Maybe he's even thinking, why 
should this woman get a miracle because I was here first. I think we know this, but let me state it again so we are fully aware of it. God's grace, His mercy, and His love, and His power is unlimited. There's always enough of God to meet the needs of everyone who needs Him. It does not matter what your situation is. It does not matter what maybe you came up here and prayed for, that person, or, that, or maybe it's you. It does not matter. God's grace, His mercy, His love, and His power is unlimited to work in your life. However, we also need to remember this. How He chooses to do it, how he chooses to deliver it or in the form of a miracle that it comes up with is totally up to him. It's his business. Ours is to keep bringing it before him. So let's follow this woman that comes up to him. First, we deal with the difficulties that she's experiencing. And a woman was there. Here's her difficulty who had been subject to bleeding for, what does the Bible say, how many years? Twelve years. She's not mentioned by name. She's been sick for twelve years with this abnormal bleeding condition. Her blood wouldn't clot normally, and her constant bleeding caused her, as we understand this, you've had, you've had loss of blood, you become weak, you become... Um, uh, frail and tired and you're drained of energy I mean it's one thing to be feeling this for maybe a day or a week or a month but this woman's been dealing with it for 12 years it's a long time but that wasn't just all there was because that was what was happening to her internally externally something else was going on because under Jewish law she was untouchable according to Leviticus anything or anybody she touched would have been considered unclean if touched that person must wash their clothes take a bath and be considered unclean until the evening she infected someone else by just by touching them so because of this she was cut off socially all of society would consider her an outcast she couldn't marry if she was married her conditions was grounds for divorce she couldn't go to the temple to worship she couldn't socialize she was totally placed outside of society that has much weight on her mind 12 years she's lived in isolation I wonder if there's anybody here that's been dealing with an issue that long yes it's quite possible for us to have some sort of physical issue or maybe it's a financial issue or a social issue or Maybe even a spiritual issue. It's gone on longer than what you seem to want to be able to bear it. And everybody has issues. 
And maybe your issue has been going on for longer than this woman. So she's been dealing with it a long time. And she finally will get some relief. You know when she found that relief? It's when she falls at the feet of Jesus and reaches out. It's always a good place to start. We see in verse 26, we saw her difficulty, now we see her despair. The Bible says she suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. And watch this, so it wasn't just a Dealing with doctors, she spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. I mean, when I'm... I'm not like a bunch of stubborn old men, okay? My wife can't say this about me. I know a lot of your wives can say this about your husbands. When they get sick, they don't seek doctors. They just kind of hope it goes away and you know you know what when I'm sick I'm going to the doctor if I've got a problem I'm going to the doctor I mean I've got places up here on my head on my hand on my shoulders where I've been to the doctor this week I'm not going to mess around because I want to get well Richard Sinner always worries. I mean, he just is always on this about me going to the dermatologist. He says, he told me yesterday, told some other guys, Steve's already been through two faces. It hasn't helped yet. <laughs> I don't care. If it takes three, Richard, I'm going. She'd been to all the doctors. The Bible says she'd been so many doctors, she spent all of her money. I think it's interesting, I found this information. The Talmud, ancient Jewish writings, gave a lot of different cures for bleeding. Listen to some of these. Beside tonics and other remedies, one cure was for the infected to carry ashes of an ostrich egg in a linen bag in the summer and in a cotton bag in the winter. Another cure was to carry around a barley corn that was found in the dung of a white donkey. One scholar lists common remedies of the day to include eating grasshopper eggs. How do you even find grasshopper eggs? <laughs> carrying around the tooth of a fox and carrying around the fingernail of a person. Not just a fingernail. I say, hey, can I borrow one of your fingernails? No, it had to be a fingernail of the person who's been hanged. Don't take him down yet. I need a fingernail from him. Weird stuff. I'm sure this woman sought out everything she could. Every available cure. Nothing worked. Now she's not just sick, she's broke. You know what? People today ought to try all sorts of cures for spiritual issues. And quite often they're hunting in the wrong place for what will take care of the problem. 
But it was, on, not, it was only when she had tried everything else, nothing worked, she turns to Jesus. Now, I don't know, maybe it's a matter of convenience, but here's an opportunity to change from where she had placed her faith in those 12 years into something else that could take care of her problem. Now, please don't take this as we ought to just trust God whenever we've got a situation. We should. I'm not saying quit going to the doctors. I've already told you my testimony about that. I mean, we should trust people who God's given the wisdom to help us. I'm not saying that at all. But first and foremost, we should be looking to Him who has the ability to take care of our whole body. So she's desperate now. We see this and how she reacts to this. In her desperation, verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind Him. Nothing was going to keep her from approaching Jesus. If she'd come probably this way, people would have pushed her aside. But she comes up behind him is what the Bible says. In the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes... I'll be healed. Evidently, she'd heard about Jesus from other stories and healings of other places, and that if he just touched them, they got healed. In Luke chapter 6, verse 17 through 19, it says, He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of disciples was there, and a great number of people from all of Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of her, their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured, and the people all tried to, watch this, touch him, because power was coming from him and healing them all. So maybe she had heard about this and, and believed that Jesus could actually heal him if she could only touch him. She's desperate, has no other hope, now, these symptoms that she's been dealing with for 12 years, this is before Jesus even starts his ministry. Now she hears about him. Here's my hope. Here's my only hope. I've trusted everything else. It's failed. My last hope. It's amazing to me that in today's time there are so many people, large groups of people, who have heard about Jesus and what He's able to do in their lives. And yet they've never experienced Him. Never in their desperation reached out to Him like this woman does. But hearing about him wasn't good enough. 
hearing about Jesus today. I mean, who has never heard of Jesus? Now, I'm sure there are still places in our, in our world where people have not heard the good news of Christ. More and more people that are living in this country haven't heard about Jesus. But hearing about him is not good enough. You need to go beyond that. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But then you go beyond that, hearing, faith, into Romans 10, 13, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's action that comes on our part. She had heard about Jesus, but then in faith she goes out to meet him for the healing. Maybe you're here this morning, you've heard about Jesus. Maybe you've heard that he can save you. He can give you some hope. Give you strength, mercy, peace, and love. Maybe you've heard all of those, but you've yet to come to the place where you put faith in him. Take that action to seek him out. He invites us to. Acts 2.21 says, And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is an invitation for all of us. Whoever. Jesus invites every person to have fellowship with him. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. If you refer back to last week, to what we did here in this place, he's saying, come to the table. I want to dine with you. I want to be a part of your life. He goes on to say in John 7, 37, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So in this woman's desperation... She gets to this point, she's so desperate that she's willing to do something very dangerous for her to do. She wasn't supposed to touch anyone, remember? It would contaminate them. There's a great crowd that's surrounding Jesus. Even by touching the clothes of Jesus, she would contaminate him. But maybe she'd heard, wait a minute, Jesus says... He's not concerned about that. I've heard that he's actually touched lepers before and healed them. It doesn't seem to matter who it is that needs help. He has the ability, and I can just reach out and touch him. And when she does, he really doesn't seem to bother Jesus. Luke says, tells us that she touched the border of his garment, the helm of his garment. If I, could just, if I could just touch that. So she fights the crowd. 
sneaks up behind him. She was a nobody. Yet she was desperate. And then we find out in verse 29 what happens. It's her deliverance. Immediately her bleeding stopped. Wow. Immediately her bleeding stopped. She felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Have you ever been so concerned about something? You've been carrying this burden around. You finally fall on your knees before God and you give it to Him. And you feel that release, that peace that comes when you finally just say, I've got to set my will aside, God. I want to trust you. I want you to take this. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to just bring it before you and I'm going to surrender it totally to you. And a peace comes over. Have you ever been there? To feel that confident hope that it's going to be okay. She felt this. Usually someone who was healed, it was Jesus actually doing the touching. Or speaking to them. But here, someone is healed. It's the opposite. When she touched Jesus, just his clothes, she immediately feels the bleeding has stopped. She's freed from her suffering. That's the way it works with salvation. This here did not save those three kids today. He, they were immediately saved when they asked Jesus to come into their heart. And there's nothing we can do to earn that it's simply by having faith like a child and receiving the gift. And they were saved and she was healed. This woman was determined to do something about her condition. She was desperate. Many would have given up years before have any more money I can't keep doing this I've trusted other people and nobody's helped me I'm going to trust you Jesus and I'll do whatever's necessary and Jesus immediately delivers her because of her faith and what he did some 2,000 years ago, he can do again this morning. He can. And then there's her discovery. Verse 30 is, once Jesus realized the power had gone out of him, he turned around the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see people crowding around against you, his disciple would answer, and yet you ask, who touched you? Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Immediately, Jesus sensed this. 
He knew it. He sought after who was it that did this. Now, I think he knew who it was. Maybe he was doing this just to show his disciples how he cares for a multitude of other reasons. It wasn't for his benefit that he chooses to do this, for benefit of those around him. He has so much power that it just seemed to seep out through his clothes. Overflowed down to the hem of his garments. You believe that? I said, absolutely, I do. So the disciples, I mean, when he asks the question, he said, come on, Jesus, people are all around you. Can't, can't, I, they're pressing up against you, and now you want us to figure it out who it was? Yeah. It's important that this woman be identified and that she'd been healed to give testimony what happened to her life. And all of a sudden, the woman has a dilemma. A dread, you might say. Oh, he's wanting to know. Verse 33 says, And the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. Watch this. Trembling with fear. Oh, no. He's going to find out it was me. So when Jesus looks at her, her heart begins to fear. She probably thought Jesus was going to scold her. Like, what are you doing? Touching me that way. Don't you know I was on a mission to do something else, and here you are stopping me, interrupting me, thinking... You know, I'm too busy for this. That's not what Jesus does. She declares to him what it took place. I didn't finish that verse. It says, told him the whole truth. Let me put it. Altogether, then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Told him of her problem, her attempts for a cure, about how she had tried everything and everybody. She tells him all that there is. Are we honest before God? Telling him the whole truth about what our needs are. Tell him the whole truth about where we're sinning. Telling him the whole truth of, of just letting him. I mean, he already knows it. But are we confessing it back to God? Can I just say this? If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ... Your condition is lost. And you've got some confessing to do of a sin that defiles you before a holy God. Isaiah 64, 6 says, But we are all like an unclean thing, and all of our righteousnesses 
are, are like filthy rags. With her, she would have been familiar with filthy rags. She could identify with the filthiness before a holy God. We, you know what we tend to do with our sin? We dress it up, justify it, put names on it. All of them is just like filthy rags before God. Jesus says in John six thirty seven, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and, all, and, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. Come to Jesus and tell him the whole truth. We don't have to fear any condemnation from him when we're willing to confess our sins. Whatever's going on. The Bible says this in 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Man, can't you say amen to that? And then here's what happens to her, her dedication. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Amazing. Amazing. Immediately, she is in right relationship with Jesus who affirms it by calling her daughter. Restored. A new relationship goes from this person who's outcast and can't be around anyone into daughter because what Jesus says your faith has made you well after 12 years her faith has made her well someone wrote this she wasn't just healed she was made whole Jesus took care of everything And then he says this, go in peace. <laughs> go in peace. I've got you covered. Everything's fine. Now peace. Go in Think of the implications of that. What going in peace really means. Healed physically. Healed mentally. Most importantly, healed spiritually. Go in peace. So... When we have these 
afflictions that bother us. Whether it be for salvation for the very first time, or whether it be something we're going through, or someone else that's going through this, we're invited to take it to Jesus. In fact, he says in Matthew 11, 28, 39, but it says this in one of those, Come to me, all you who, are la heavy, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Go in peace. I will. I'm big enough to handle it. I've got you covered. Go in peace. I'll give you rest. goes on to say in John chapter 5 verse 40 but you who are not willing to come to me that you may have life we've got a choice to have peace or I choose not to I just feel that there are a lot of folks who need a touch from Jesus right now Father, would you just continue to speak through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit into this time that whatever is on someone's heart, they would be able to bring it before you and just leave this place shortly going in peace because they brought it to you. If you're here today and you need to take some other action, whatever it may be, I mean, the Holy Spirit, He is certainly more than capable of drawing that attention to you in your heart right now. And he may be leading you to do something, then I encourage you to do it right now. Right now. To have that touch from Jesus that allows you to go in peace as we stand and as we sing. Altar is open. If you want to come and let me pray with you, I'm happy to do that. If you want to come and, and pray here, certainly you're welcome. But be obedient as God speaks. Sackled by a heavy burden Neath the load of guilt and shame Then the hand of Jesus touched me
to that point where we realize the most important thing we can do in life is to love you and love others. Continue to work in us. And perform miracles in people's lives that need to have that touch today. And we trust you for it. Praise you, Father. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Maybe see the please. It seems like a little bit of an awkward transition into announcements. So let me say thank you for being here this morning. I, I know, I know, I know, 
Today's message was a heavy message. But don't leave here with the heaviness. Leave here with the hope. Because that's what we have in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, just uh, a couple of quick things I want to let you know about. Uh, one, our Friday friends are going to meet, be meeting this Friday. Uh, normally, it's on a different Friday, but because of Thanksgiving and the way the schedule follows, um, ladies, we invite you to join us for this Friday for Friday Friends uh, for a really great time. Thank you all for the way that you've responded to our Christmas child boxes and um, all the ways that you, uh, um, we just keep adding boxes and you guys just keep filling them. And I think that's awesome. Um, I know there's a ton of young people that are going to be blessed and encouraged um, as they hear possibly about Jesus for the very first time. Uh, through the form of a shoebox. So thank you all for your faithfulness there. Do want to let you know too, ladies, favorite things, that's coming up on November the 30th. Um, I was told that this is the favorite activity for the ladies. And um, as a matter of fact, over 50 ladies in our congregation, even today, have attended that. So if you're here and you're in that minority and you have not been to favorite things, um, just see one of those ladies. If you have attended Favorite Things, can you slip your hand in the air just so people can see who you are? Okay, so if you see someone, so much fun. So much fun. So come and, come and join the ladies for that. It's a blast. If, if you're new here or you just haven't plugged in fully, uh, please plan on being a part of that. That's 6.15 on Thursday evening. Cookies Fellowship. You're going to learn some new favorite things about some of your new favorite people. So plan on being part of that. A lot of really great things coming up. We have a lot of um, Christmas parties coming up. We're getting ready for Thanksgiving. That's my favorite holiday of the year. And so we're just grateful for you. Grateful. Uh, the Christmas Dilemma is coming up on the 26th. Um, Sunday, November to the 24th. We start on the 26th. So actually we're starting before December uh, because of the way, again, the, the, the schedule falls uh, it's gonna be a really great time I have heard from Eric Eric has told me that this is gonna be like off the charts good he's like this is just off the charts good so plan on encourage you to plan on being here for that so stand with us as we close in worship thank you for being here this morning uh, as Pastor Steve says we just uh, pray that you just go in peace here this morning Lord we thank you for today God we thank you that the power that you had all those years ago that God was overflowing through you, that you were able to take care of a predicament that a person was suffering for for many years, that God, you have that same power today, that God, you're still in the healing business, God, you're still working miracles every day. Lord, we're grateful for that. As we go about our way, as we go in peace, Lord, um, let us be grateful, have hearts full of gratitude and just overflowing with thankfulness. Let us tell all the, all the people that we come in contact with the good news that there's hope in Jesus. It's in his name we pray this morning. Amen. Have a great week, everybody. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request. We would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 
776-1807. One of her pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us, and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.